0: Want to share with you um, so a couple of insights. We had the pleasure of Michal Chlutowski in Chicago. Unfortunately, he's racked with pain, bent over, but he's his face now shines. He's like a he's like a saint. He's become saintly, and it was such an an inspiration to hear him last night. And I'm going to say over a story he said that made a big impression on me. Atem nitzovim hayom kulchem. The word Hayom, according to the Zoya, means Rosh Hashanah. So, Pashas Netzovim, according to our oral tradition, is always read uh, the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Eichem, your heads, your elders, Ziknechem, Veshir the officers, Ko Ish Yisrael. So, that's one verse, the big shots. Then tapchem the of the little ones the wise the stranger and then this enigmatic statement ad mimecho from the hewers of wood to the drawers of water. Reb Michal yesterday said each of us has a hewer of wood who's always trying to cut ourselves down the inner critic. That's always criticizing and saying, you'll be a nothing and you'll never be able to do tshuva. That's the that's the hewers of wood. They're cutting, cutting, cutting. But you need the drawers of water, the mayim of self-love and self-affirmation. It was such a beautiful thought. But I want to look at the next bossa. That is, you're all standing here, Moses says to them for his last speech. And then this... This this statement, la ovrocha bivris hashemaloke. Now, avracha is it's kind of ambiguous. Here he translates to enter into the covenant, la avor. But it also could be avera to pass over or to ignore or to transgress. It's it's kind of ambiguous, but here the plain meaning is. All of you have come and to enter into the bris of God, Allah so and to his oath. Well, wait a minute. Rashi and the Mephoshim said, we already did that at Har Sinai. What do you mean today? Hayom, you're standing to do it. So the Mephoshim answer that this is a lekayem; it's for all generations, not for their generations. They 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 tight it up. Asher adonoy Ko imcha Hayom. Again, Hayom, he was co-race? Co-race is a bris. It's a bris. Now, I want to dive. I've never done this before. This co-race bris is picked up by the altar Rebbe of Chabad. Now, Alan and I have been going for 15 years to Chabad on a Shabbos morning. And to learn the Alter Rebbe is to enter a completely different kind of Hasidut. And it has its own technical language, often requiring knowledge of the Zoya and the Arizal, but with his own spin. So I want to just introduce you to his way of thinking, plus the pagination is terrible. There's no punctuation like the Tanya. So let me share with you Ach Derech. So he says in Parshish Nitzavim, what is the inyan of chuva that Mitsovimm is connected with chuva, so he goes, "Ach derech, prat, Ehu Umahu chuva, the Why is it on Rosh Hashanah when we crown the king? What's that got to do with chuva? Remember, there's no chuva on Rosh Hashanah, only after Rosh Hashanah. the Acers ye Yom Kippur, Roshana-rabba. Rosh so what is this business of chuva on Rosh Hashanah? So it says, meaning and to pass you, enter you into the bris. Now, he's going to now tell us what a bris is. He's going to use a mashal, which when spun into the nimshal, kind of opens up the whole understanding of forgiveness. Like two beloveds, two people who are beloved to each other, in love with each other. Shekosim brisbe nahem. So now they make a covenant. So he's already bringing it down to an interpersonal level. Two people want to establish forever their bonds of friendship. Ohavim. Now, Aristotle says there are two types of friendship. One is eros an erotic type of friendship, and one is agape. But he goes, they want to make a brisk between them, Shalotif tifsok ahavatam, so that their love will never, ever cease. Now, how is that possible? We're human. You fall in love, you fall out of love. Every company that makes a merger with another company always has an out clause, except marriage. That There's no out clause in marriage, unless you go through the... Process of getting. So it's human nature that things will merge and then people will separate. Because now he says an insight. Because if it would be that this relationship was merely dependent on the emotion of love, they wouldn't need a bris. What he's saying is that I need a marriage. Document. I need a merger document. I need a bris, a ritual to enter into a covenant. Remember, Abraham is told by God, I'm going to enter into a bris, and he has to split this animal and he has to walk between the animal and the fire walks between it, right? There has to be a ritual enactment when it comes to interpersonal relationships. Because if you didn't have that, and if it was so, that it was merely the emotional attachment of the relationship, and if that would be eternal, you wouldn't need the bris. You wouldn't need the bris. The bris is there because we are human and we fall in and we fall out. Elo they are afraid. Maybe the thing that the love is dependent on, your beauty, your wealth, the relationship that we have in common, we both go golfing, we both do this, sailing, whatever it is, when that finishes, the other will finish. When I gave up smoking cigars, <laughs> my colonel stopped coming by. He used to come by to the to the motel and, and we would sit outside and have a stogie. And when I gave up smoking cigars, he stopped coming by. It wasn't me he was coming for. <laughs> or maybe there'll be something that is not internal. I still love you. I still am related to you. But there's some impediment that comes from outside. Force majeure. We had to separate. We had to leave the country. We had to do uh, things that separated us. Valiede our Habris. So through this artificial human institution of the covenants, I call today's podcast covenant and dispensation, not covenant and conversation like my <laughs> illustrious colleague, Rabbi Sachs. This is covenant and dispensation, and you'll see why. Because of the bris, because they cut this bris, and you remember the Native Americans, I only know this from the movies, they would cut themselves and they would mingle their blood, right? They were bloods. I think they do that in some regiments in the army too. There's a mingling of the blood. Why? Because once you mingle the blood, you are like brothers. So the Ava is Nitzchis. The Ava becomes eternal. Artificially, of course. It's a human invention to keep the the bond going despite the human frailties of the emotion. And now I've made this covenant with you. I've signed on the dotted line. Nothing can separate us forever. Even if the emotions are gone. Now they've made a strong bond, because they have had this great bond that has unified them and bound them in love, with a nifler, a wondrous bond. The word peller means counterintuitive, non-rational. It's a pelle. it's something outside the normal, rational mind. Beyond rational and reasoning. The love for me, for you is so strong, we forge this bond in a bris, and now it's forever. Because according to rational human emotions and reasons, and according to rational mind, this Ava should have been menutak. It should have been discontinued. Oh, legrom le'ez a sinner. Oh, even, he takes it even to the dark side. I don't like you anymore. In fact, you know what? I think you're a bloody fool. I hate you. I hate you. Over time, I realized you're just a fool. When you were young, you were a young fool. Now you're an old fool. <laughs> I don't know why I loved you. Afal pi chayn, bris. But because I'm being held to this document that I signed this covenant, Kayemes, I'm forced to love you despite. You're such a bloody fool, but I love you nonetheless, because that creases. I forged a bond. We mixed our blood. We are blood brothers. Yalkol to Tachava. And we're told in Mishlei that all sins between two people are washed over with love. So someone does me a dirty, but he's my brother. So I look over it. I overlook it. Because he's my brother, I've got to overlook it. Zu amitze That is the strongest bond. lefishe ba'u bivris ka'ele nasu Because by mingling of the blood through the creases of the bris, You become one flesh when you mix the blood and the blood is the vitality, becomes like what? And just like he can't stop loving himself, no matter how naughty he is, he still loves himself, this self-love. Because there's a mingling of the blood. It's a beautiful mashal. And it's described in a, a delicate way by the Balatanya. Now we come back to our possum. The lavor is bris. God is saying, hayom, you're all standing together. Lavoris a bris You made this bris. And now he goes to the nimshal. And the nimshal goes like this. The nimshal is that whatever you did with that friend of yours, God did with us. Somehow there is a covenant between man and God. And that covenant is, as it says, Now he takes us back in a beautifully midrashic way. He takes now to bear on this poshuk, the poshuk after the Chet egel in chapter 34 of Parshish Kisiso in Exodus, when God says to Moshe, I'm going to destroy the people by Yechal Moshe, and he appeased God for 40 days. Turned out to be Rosh Chodesh Elon. Then on Yom Kippur he said, "Zolachti Kidberecho." And then God says, after He forgives him, "Ine Onohi Koreis Beris neged karm That word "pele" comes up again. I'm going to make a bris with Am Yisrael. That happened because Moshe triggered his rachamim after the Egel. I'm going to make a bris esen niflaot. The pella is I'm God and you're human. The pelle is it's counterintuitive because you're constantly sinning. Ah, but I made a bris. Pirush. le malomina The bris that we have with the divine is beyond rational understanding. Because rationally, we're human, he's divine, he's perfect, we're imperfect. We've let him down so many times. Every Rosh Hashanah, the Rambam says, based on the last Mishnah in Yuma, someone who says, echte v'oshuv, echte v'oshuv, someone who says, I'm going to sin, but I'll do tshuva. I'm going to sin, but I'll do tshuva. Ein and I, as I have told you in the last four podcasts, I'm very bothered about the reverse. I go, but I'm going to do tshuva with all my heart, but I know my addictions. I know I'm human. I know by next year I'll be back around the same with the same character defects. And it really bothers me. How do I go into Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur uh, with a pure heart? And God says, here something amazing to Moshe Rabbeinu. "Ese niflaot. I'm going to make a bris with you, which will bind me. Out of a love for you eternally. Pirush, la bedas beyond the rational mind. niflos My love for you, David, my love for you, Jonathan, is beyond the rational mind because I'm just a bandit and you're the prince, and I don't know how it goes. And yet, my love for you is beyond anything. Kialyedei, you'd gimal when Hashem said to Moshe, listen, the next time I have a rage attack, this is what I want you to do. You say the following, Hashem, Hashem, keil racham v'chanun, the Yud Gimel Midos, the 13 midos of Rachamim. And he actually shows him, you put the talis over your head, you stand here, this is how you do it, and my rage will be assuaged. <laughs> and that's why we say it so many times by slichas, and keimole, Yoshe rachamim. So this is the Yud Gimel Midah. al Yud Gimel midas Sarachemim, Shehim Sheh Moshe Rabbeinu Olav HaSholom. Moses drew out of the Yebishter these Yud Gimel midas Sarachemim, nase Kav It was as if he had bound the Rabbon shalom. Kresis, Bris, Viz, Kasher, Slakonosh Baruch HaMisro. That's the original Bris that was created between God and Am Yisrael, wasn't it Har Sinai? It was before Harsinai. Sinai. It was by the eagle when he was coming down. And then, Soluchos, Luchos, Avon encouraged. Now you go and make a second Luchos. Now that we have this bris. So this bris is not for us, it is to arouse the divine love, to remind the divine about the bris that he signed to. And therefore, the I think it's an absolutely dazzling Torah. And it goes to the heart of the inion of tshuva and how different that understanding is from the way we were brought up. It's all on us, it's all mit And I want to go back to a posse from last week in which the verse about Bikurim, in which the person brings the first roots of his labor to the Kohen, and he says the following. He goes to the Kohen and he says, before God, but to the Kohen, Arami Oved Ovi, straight out of the Haggadah. We take this Haggadah directly from these Psukim in Pasha's Kisovo. Arami Oved Ovi, my father was a wandering Aramean, that's Avramavinu Avinu saying that Bayerid Mitzrayimah, and we've been to Egypt. By Yorenu Hashem Mitzrayim, he saw our affliction, by Nitzak, we cried, by Yotzienu, he took us out of Egypt, by Yevenu Alamoka Mazer, and where I'm bringing the Bikurim to the of Mikdosh, he brought us to this place and he gave us this land, Eret zavat with the And now he says to the Kohen, Here's my tenet. Here's my basket. If he's, uh, you know, he's got 200 acre farm, he's got a huge basket. And if he's got just his backyard that he grew some uh, some tomatoes, he brings a small basket. Here, I brought it. I'm bringing you the first fruits, asher which God gave to me. The lifnei Hashem lekecho And now the critical verse, bechol hatov. You shall be happy, Bechol Hatov, Ashenosan, Ashamar This word, Hatov, how would you translate it? You shall be happy with, what's the definite article? It should have said Bechol Tu. Hatov signifies everything, all the goodness, Ashenosan, not just the Bikurim. Do you see my problem? So, Machter Bechol Hatov, or the archetype of goodness in the world, is that what you're happy with? You shall rejoice in all the good, the good, which the Lord gave you. And Mephosh didn't talk about that, but I want to bring to your attention a Tifer Loma that we learnt last week, because I think that it bears on this idea of Tshuva. So the Helige Radomsker Rebbe, the Tifer Eshloma says, has zoya The zoya. says, so the Zoya, as our rabbi often tells us, calls the mitzvahs of the Torah, itin, ayin, tet, yud, nun. Itin means in Aramaic, atus. That is, they're not just bean counting mitzvahs you're doing, like Isaiah Leibowitz says, you're doing it because you're mitsube. That's not the only reason you're doing it. You're doing it because the Zoya says that each Mitzvah in its particularity carries with it advice that accompanies the performative aspect of the mitzvah. Each mitzvah has advice and a spiritual path. Meaning each of the separate 630 mitzvahs has something in common with each of the other. It's very particular. But they are all on that spiritual path, how to worship the divine. Um, and from that, worshiping Yesa, the divine, to come to the love of the divine, and to a kind of attachment, to fear. Tevekus and Yira is very different in Chabad Chassidus versus the Zoya, versus Polish chasidus. This is Polish chasidus. It's a technical term. But I don't want to go into that now. Kemoshi Yeshba be mitzvah he gives you an example. Look, there's a mitzvah called you a schooler, and it says beferish in the third parsha of the Shema. The purpose of the tzitzis is being told right there. What? Don't go after your hearts and your eyes. So the mitzvah of tzitzis, which has no rational reason to it, with the treiles and the tzitzis and the chutin, there's a gematria for it, the number of things. But really, what is it telling you? Oh, it's telling you that it's bringing to you a piece of advice. I'm covering you with the tzitzis, so that when you will follow your eyes to the wrong place, you'll see your tzitzes. And the Gemara gives an example of a man who, a a big tanner who went over the seven seas to meet this woman of ill repute who had the most amazing reputation. And when he came to her, the tzitzes swiped him in the face and he suddenly remembered, oh, what am I doing here, right? Famous story. Meaning that this is a piece of advice beyond the non-rational aspect of the ritual. Over mitzvah's so that the advice of the Torah will be in your mouth. So that he's saying these are two examples of every single mitzvah that you have to find a time, a taste, a reason, what its advice is it to you in your spiritual path? Very nice. The Hinei keimba mitzvah sazot mitzvah bikurim. So he's saying, now I'm going to tell you what is the advice that's coming out of the mitzvah of bikurim. Yeish inyan limud lamidas histapkus. I am going to teach you that the mitzvah of bikurim is teaching you the midah the attribute, the character attribute of histapkus. Histapkus means sufficiency, that life is enough, that what I've been given is enough. Dobo, now we know from Pirkei Ezuhu oshir ha'someach b'chelko. Who is rich? Someone who is happy with his lot. Be happy with your lot, because that's what God gave you. That's your lot. He's saying, But what mitzvah is that? That's the mitzvah of Bikurim. Look, there are two types of bounty that come down from above. Two types of things that come to us in our lives. Two types of gifts. Remember, this is Kabbalah. It's a dualistic universe. So as things come down, Everything up there is good, but as it comes down, filtering down, it has to split in this world of gashmias and evil. So, one type of influence that comes down, comes from the side of Kedusha. Meaning, as we say in B'Rchus after eating a meal, it's always coming down bishlemut. So the definition of me identifying the litmus test of something that is in shleimut, it's coming down in its perfection, in its integration is, everything is in harchava, that is, there's nothing lacking from it. When it comes down from the side of Kedusha, I am feeling no chisaron. I don't feel I need more. I'm benching. My belly is full. That is the archetype of Mle'eh Hakadosh because I'm benching over the meal that has satisfied me. That is the archetype of everything that comes down in my life that is from the side of Kedusha. Hashem. This is what it means the blessing of the divine. He satisfies everything. Because when it comes down on that side of Kedusha, your desire is satisfied. You feel enough. I have enough. What a gift. I don't need any more. I think it's a dazzling Torah. And he says that that gift, he is rich in everything he does. And then he says, on the opposite side, from the side of the dark side of Shefa that's coming down, that is called not soveya. That's not called satisfaction. It's called sama, thirst. The Midrash says someone who wants a hundred automatically wants two hundred. And he just cannot fill his taiva. I was in that city where the federal witness protection program began. It's called Boca. Boca Ratan started out as a place for the witness protection program. And now it's full of Jews from Lawrence and the west side of, of Manhattan. It's filled with New York Jews who want to get away from COVID. And it's absolutely filled. You can't get a house. You can't get an apartment there. I went to visit, and my brother-in-law had a friend who's on Wall Street. And we went out for dinner. And as we're sitting at dinner, he is on his cell phone showing my brother-in-law. And this is at 7 o'clock at night. Look at this stock. Look at this stock. He's a stockbroker. But he couldn't relax and have the meal because he was worried he would miss a stock tip where my brother-in-law should invest and make more money. Someone who has a hundred always wants more. It's never enough. tavoso. He can never fulfill his desire. That's called Soma. Soma is this unquenchable thirst for more. When you have that, that is a litmus test, that that's not coming from the side of Kedusha. Because whatever he has, he wants more. So the mitzvah of the Bikurim is teaching that he should have enough that he has what he has. And then he takes it one step further that bears on what we were talking about before Rosh Hashanah and doing tshuva and wanting to be something you're not. He says, So that is what the Torah is teaching us. I'm bringing my Bikurim. I am bringing that basket, whether it's a small garden or it's a 200 acre farm, that I'm bringing to you, Lord. I'm bringing to the coin. It's enough. The mitzvah is teaching me that that is enough. I don't need more. And then he says, I, when I saw this, I fell off my chair. Hashem. Oh, my giddy aunt. The to Ferris Shloma says that that... Also applies to avoid Hashem. Because when I grew up, we were never good enough. It was never enough. You were never doing enough tshuva. You were never doing enough mitzvahs. Can ever your avoid Hashem be enough? Well, if he's saying that to do with Gashmias, enough means. I am happy with who I am and what I was dealt with and my bank account and everything begashmius. he is saying that is also mirrored in ruchnias. The Abishta gave you an aliquot of chochma, bina and Das. That's what your genetics tells you. The Yira, and even Yiras Hashem, reminding me of the Ishbitzer, Hakol shamayim, Afilu that's what you were given. Sheyi A person should feel that this is sufficient. It's enough. I've been given enough of my Faculties to do with what I need to do in my Avodis Hashem. And don't say in your heart, la los I want to be a Rabakiva eger Why wasn't I a Vilna Gon? You know, my Rebbe used to tell me in Khaida, you'll never be a Gon, you'll never be a gadol. Was I meant to be a gadol? In Kirah, Yira Reu gobble me you see someone next to him who's shockling longer, his titches are longer, the brim on his hat is wider. Why can't I be like him? But he understands the choice was better than me, and he is much more righteous than me. Why can't I be like him? That's what he's telling us. He but to just be tommim in Hashem Malakecho. Be sufficient. Be happy with what you've been given, even Baruchnius. And that is the Yudah Hashem, the Yismach Bechelko, when you say the brachas in the morning, Shelo Asani Ov, Shelo Asani Oved, that is this gratitude prayer that we start the davening with, so that we have this understanding that I am the Bikurim has taught me to be happy with that eloquent of spirituality that's been given to me. So I want to bless everyone, bringing the two Torahs of the Alter Rebbe and the Tiferet Shlomo together, one could say that the reason I can be happy is because my people have entered into this covenant. And this covenant gives us the dispensation not to beat up on ourselves, not to constantly feel this sense of inadequacy as I go into this great day of Rosh Hashanah and I crown the king. When I am crowning the king, I am crowning my maker who has entered in our rabbinic imagination. I've entered into this covenant of blood with the creator, in which no matter what happens, no matter how far I've sinned, yesterday we learned the Nasiba Shalom, who says that if a person doesn't believe that he is, if he broke every sin in the Torah, that he can't come to the to the Rabboni Shalom and ask forgiveness, he hasn't even stepped into the threshold of Hasidut. And then the Kubrina Rob said he hasn't even stepped into the threshold of Yadus because he couldn't see the difference between rational Judaism and Hasidut. But we do. He hasn't even stepped into the threshold of Hasidut if you don't feel that the Abishta is going to forgive you. You must have that feeling. You must have that belief because... We have this bris, and that bris gives me the right to say histapkus. I am enough. I am sufficient. I want to end with the story yesterday that the Rebbe, Reb Michal, told us about the Pupa Ruf, who lives in Seagate, who was a, who went through the horrors of the Holocaust. In he? he said when he was a child, his father wanted to see the Belzer Rebbe. Uh, Rabbi Socher Doiv. But the father said, you're too young. I don't want you to, you can't come. It's a long journey. And he was crying, but he wouldn't take him. And then when he grew up older, they went to a spa in the in the summer. There were these spas where the Rebbers would go together, like Baden by Wien. And he took him along. But that night, Erev Shabbos, the Rebbe didn't want a massive throng, you know, Belzer. Uh, he said, I just want 10 of the Meyuchasim. I just want 10... Uh, people to join me in a tish so I can have a minion uh, for Birchas HaMossam. And all the throngs ran to to join, and the Gabbai stopped everyone at the door and only let in the ten Meyuchasim, including the Puparov's father. But when the Puparov was holding his hand, the Gabbai said, not you. So everyone else, the ten got in, and the throngs, they just weren't let in, and they closed the doors. Okay, an hour went by, the throngs went, and the poopooroo sat there crying and begging to be let in to see the Belsa Rebbe. Finally, about an hour later, the door opened, and the Gabe pointed to him and said, the Rebbe wants you to come in. <laughs> the Rebbe's can see through doors, of course. Okay, so he was able to sit there by the tish of the Belzerebbe. When I was sitting there yesterday, and and Rav Michal was talking, uh, he I don't know. There was just something electric about his ponem, you know, his face. He's he racked with pain and tortured. And yet he's giving up this Torah and he looked like a Malachalakim, really. And finally, uh, after the benching, the Rebbers give out different things. Some, the spinker gives out garlic. The Belzer gives out an apple. So everyone goes round to the Rebbe to say good Shabbos and he gives them an apple. And it comes to the Puparov, he gives them an apple. And the Puparov's son, the Puparov's father, gets the apple. The Puparov now stands in front of him, and the Rebbe points to him and says, Dubistan Emeser, you are the real deal. Dubistan Emeser. Obviously, he saw that he'd been crying with all his kochas to get in. Finally. So then the Puparov says as follows. Rebbe Michal ends up and says, tell people in America the two things that I learned from that story. Number one, when you're outside and the doors, obviously the gates of heaven, <laughs> the doors are shut, don't give up. Keep crying, keep crying, keep davening. And the second thing he said, this makes it Hasidus, not Musa, you are an emissar. Do bist an emissar. Each one of you are an emissar. Don't ever doubt yourself. You are a son of the child of the Lord. You are in a covenant with the divine. You are an Emerson. As you go through Rosh Hashanah, let Rav words of the Pupa Ruv fill your heart. Do this an emissary, that you should all be able to connect with the Abishta this Rosh Hashanah. You will crown him king, and he will enter the covenant with you Bisholon, Bishlamus, Bit the Sitra, the Kedusha, and we should all have a wonderful, wonderful year to come.